Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is a little spooky, a podcast about things that spook us just a little bit. Things like aliens, cryptids, conspiracies, ghost stories, or when you hear someone upstairs walking around, but you know you're home alone. My name is Everett. Yar, and I'm Captain Colleen. Oh, <laughs> okay. How you doing, Colleen? Doing great. Ready to take you on a, on a little trip. Sounds like a pirate trip. You know what? While we're talking pirates, I do have to say I started One Piece, the anime. I have never, ever watched the show in my life, and I am hooked. And there's like almost a thousand episodes oh of it. Oh, my God. But it is fun. I love pirates. All right. Listen, well, listen to Ailstorm if you're interested in pirate metal. It's a great band. Pirates may be involved in this story. Okay. You're about to find out. Okay. Okay. Today, we're talking about something that technically never happened on a boat that technically never existed. But if that's the case, why has the U.S. Coast Guard acknowledged it and the CIA? Eh? I don't know. I don't even know what you're talking about. Well, this story's got it all okay. in that it has no answers. Great. I can't wait. <laughs> it's, it could be aliens. It could be ghosts. Time travel. A government conspiracy, a mix of all of them. This is the story of the SS Orang Medan, which I'm sure I'm pronouncing completely wrong, but that's how I've heard everybody else pronounce it. SS Merang Medan. Orang Medan. Orang Medan. Yes. So is this a an American ship? It has mysterious origins, which we will get to. Okay. So I was just going to say, like, that doesn't sound like a typical American vessel name. It is. No, it's not American. It's specifically not American. Okay. I was just curious because it doesn't sound like it. Right. Technically, it's an Indonesian name. Okay. Do do all countries use the SS for their water vessels? I actually know nothing about nautical life. Okay. Uh, Just just this story. This story is cool. It's whack, yo. <laughs> so, so it's not good? Whack has a bad annotation. Yeah. Am I not jiggy with it? I oh thought I just God. meant you, don't, crazy. Don't be a boomer here, <laughs> No. Yeah, whack is whack, yo. Oh, well, this story is um, cray. Okay. <laughs> We're back in 2015, Sure, everyone. whatever. Anyways, this story is murky. Okay. How about that? Sure. Right from the very beginning, because there are multiple reports on this story. And as I've already told you, it technically never even happened. Sure. So there are some conflicting timelines here. Depending on what you read, this event happened in either June of 1947 or February of 1948. Okay. So, I mean, they're very different times of year, but technically, you know, they're within a year of each other, so you can get a sense of the general time period. It was post-World War II. And the very beginning of the Cold War. Right. Exactly. Yeah. At this time, there are numerous ships sailing around the Straits of Malacca, which is located around Sumatra and Malaysia. Okay. This, even now, is one of the most important shipping lanes in the world. Sure. Because it's the shortest link between the Indian Ocean and the Pacific Ocean. Okay. 
I had to look all this up because I've never heard of the Straits of Malacca. And I'm sure I'm pronouncing it incorrectly. But but, but yeah, important area makes sense between two oceans. and Correct. Yes. So it was and is generally very well traveled by ships from all around the world. Okay. One night in either June of 47 or February of 48, several ships traveling along the Strait of Malacca received a very strange and mysterious SOS message just out of nowhere. It was broken into two parts, and in between those two parts was a bunch of indecipherable Morse code. Interesting. Here's the message. You gonna give it to me in the beeps? I'm not. I don't. The Morse code was never deciphered, and therefore I cannot help you there. But here's what the message was. All officers, including the captain, are dead. Lying in chart room and bridge. Possibly whole crew dead. I die. And that was it. Was I die the second message? You know, I looked in several places and they all say it was broken into two parts, but they did not say where it was broken. My guess is it is in between the whole crew dead and I die just because they always put a dot, dot, dot. Sure. Ellipses yeah. in there. So I would think that's where the Morse code probably occurred. And then I die. And then the I die. Portion of the message. Right. But okay. I can't tell you for certain that's a, a, the case. Okay. And honestly, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, sure. Interesting. So the officers are dead. All officers Most likely, dead. all the crew is dead. And mm-hmm. then at the end, the person giving the message assumes dying. they're about to die. Yeah. yeah. Spooky, no, huh? No, no details, though. Nothing. Mm-hmm. That's it. So after that message, radio silence. There was no further transmission. Well, he died. <laughs> Presumably, he died. He yeah. dead. Yeah. Two American ships in particular heard this message and were weirded out enough that they decided to get in on this mystery. Yeah. And help out or at least investigate what's going on. Because that's what we do as Americans. We got to we gotta involve ourselves. Well, and also this is the beginning of the Cold War, so we're trying to you know, be in charge everywhere so Russia's not. Right. Even so, I mean, probably a good idea to help out, help a brother yeah. sailor out anyway. SOS, yes. So, even though the name or the location of the ship wasn't transmitted at all in the message, they got in contact with nearby British and Dutch listening posts. Mm-hmm. And they were able to quickly triangulate the coordinates of the vessel that they believed may have sent out this message. Okay. Once they got this information, an American merchant ship called the Silver Star went out as soon as they possibly could to check it out. Okay. So they got to the ship within a few hours of the message, and they see that it is a Dutch vessel called the SS Orang Medan. So the Silver Star pulls up next to this ship and attempts to make contact but through normal means, like yelling, whistling. I mean, if, if a giant ship pulls up next to you, you're going to see it. Yeah, so, yeah. You know, they were doing hand signals, whatever, but nothing but, happened. It totally and, silent. And no one's there. Right? As so. far as they can, can see, it's completely empty. Okay. So when they realize they're not getting anywhere, I mean, given the material in the SOS message, the captain of the Silver Star decided to organize a search party to board the ship. Sure. They gather up a search party and board the Orang Madan, and they immediately noticed that the distress call was completely accurate. The corpses of the crew are spread out all over on every deck. 
The search party heads to the bridge, captain laying there dead. They go to the wheelhouse in the chart room. All of the officers are dead. They even found the guy who sent the distress call. He was still at his station and his fingers were still on the buttons. Mm. So he must have immediately died after he typed, I die. Or, you know, said, I die. I suppose he was typing out Morse code. Yeah. But even the ship's dog was dead. Everything on the ship, dead. And do they say what the state of the bodies are in? Yes. So... The fact that everybody on this ship, every single person is dead is bizarre enough, but that's not the only odd thing about the bodies. The search party noted that all of the bodies had their eyes completely wide open and their mouths completely stretched open like they were screaming. Wow. All of them had their arms outstretched like they were about to fight something off. Sure. And even the dog died with like a snarl on its face like it was upset about something or you know whatever dog emotions a snarl conveys weird yes every single body they mentioned everybody had the same facial expressions and had their arms stretched out so when you say the gaping mouths and wide open eyes is it like almost like distress like fear fear is it Okay. Horrifying it's, fear. It's fear. It's not like they're trying to fight something. No, no. It, they mention it's con- like complete and utter fear. Okay. I couldn't find an exact number of bodies. And honestly, I assume that the search party probably didn't even count them all. But the descriptions made it sound like they investigated several decks and several rooms and all of them had at multiple bodies. So I'm going to assume like dozens of people. It felt, it sounded like a lot of people. Okay. I don't know how many people are generally on a ship of this well, kind. De- I guess it depends on the size of the ship, too. But, so the only detail that they gave was that they were in, like, a state of shock. They No, like, blood or anything. Right. So, they took note of some other interesting things. Although it's only been a few hours since the distress call was made, and again, I don't know exactly how many hours, but mm, when you say a few, I'm thinking three to five. Yeah. So it's it's been a minimal amount of time since this call was made. The bodies were decaying a lot faster than the search party would have expected. Okay. Now, they mentioned that the local temperature was about 100 degrees Fahrenheit, so this could be a potential. Yeah, but if it's only a few, I, I mean, I guess they weren't very specific with the state of decay. They just said more than they expected. Right, right. This is just a cursory. Right. I mean, I suppose you're going to start getting a stench after a few hours, but it's not going to be I like don't know that rotting. you would even get a stench at that point. Right. Like, possibly, but maybe not. Yeah, I'm not sure. But they also noted that although it was 100 degrees outside of the ship, the inside of the ship was freezing cold. Hmm. I assume they didn't check every body of every victim, but... They noticed that it appeared they were all trying to fight something off. They had their arms like in defensive or outstretched fighting positions, but not a single body that they noted had any visible injuries or damage of any kind. It literally looked like they were all scared to death or like they were about they saw something terrifying, started to like react to it and then fell over dead. And there's no signs of like being poisoned or anything because there'd probably be vomit or some kind of even blood, like vomiting blood right. or correct. any sort of bodily fluid. So, yeah, there's no... It, it looks like any regular day on the ship... Except they're all dead. Except everyone's dead. 
Which is interesting. They're all in different rooms and on different decks. So how could they have all seen the same thing at the exact same time it died? Right. I mean, I suppose whatever force it was could have moved from room to room really quickly or something. I don't know. Yeah. But. So, I mean, I'm just trying to think what the cause of death could be. And I'm leaning towards maybe heart attacks. I mean, obviously, it's there has to be something at play. I have read you fail. can die of fear. Right. And it would probably be like yeah. a heart attack. Like so, some sort of extreme anxiety stops your heart. Yeah. Something like that. I don't know. I, so I know. It's bizarre I'm just, I'm just, right now. Yeah, I'm just trying to figure out how they would have died. Well, we'll get to theories later. Okay. okay. So, at this point, search parties looking around, they see all of this horrifying death, and they're like, "We gotta get the f out of here." Yeah, I mean, like, what if they died of some sort of poisonous gas yeah, some, or something? Some contaminant or something. Right. They book it off the boat, but when they get back to the Silver Star, they decide that. They're going to tow the Orang Madan behind them. Right. Just A, for further investigation and for scrap, I guess, for the boat. Well, I mean. It's... They mentioned for salvage. Oh, really? Which I thought was kind of interesting. Okay. But... Yeah, I figured they were just going to tow the boat to bring the bodies right. to their families. That's what stuff. I would hope. Anyways, they tether the ships together for the tow just as they're about to sail off. They notice that smoke had started to pour out of the Orang Madan's number four cargo hold. Mm. So, I mean, as soon as they see this, the people of the Silver Star immediately start trying to sever the tether they had put together because they don't want to be attached to a burning ship. Yeah. And the minute they managed to sever that tow rope, the Orang Madan exploded. Just Whoa. massive explosion. And it wasn't just like a pfft. It exploded with enough force to lift the ship out of the water before it sank to the seafloor. Crazy. Yeah. Well, now they're all definitely dead. Yeah, anybody on the <laughs> ship was definitely probably most likely dead at that point. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the story. Presumably the Silver Star sails away and brings that story with them. Now, this happened in early 1948 at the latest, according sure. to the report. Yep. 1952 is the first time that this incident is officially mentioned. So I don't, I don't know what happened between 1948 and 1952. And that's another reason that, I mean, it, this could all be a hoax or just some sea shanty put together. Sure. But this happened, I mean, several ships heard this signal. And, and reported hearing it, but it, it's just the report of the actual event of finding the ship that wasn't reported until later. Right. Um, I'm wondering if it was kept secret, if it was true, only because of all of the secrecy that was happening during the Cold War, especially at the beginning of the Cold War. Yes. Right. And I have several theories to go over. Okay. So that was just the story. Right. 1952, like I said, first time this incident is actually officially mentioned. The U.S. Coast Guard got a hold of some of these sailors and they wrote out witness testimony. And in fact, it's interesting. They added this detail. Quote, their frozen faces were upturned to the sun, staring as if in fear, their mouths gaping open and the eyes staring. End quote. Mm -hmm. I mean, the U.S. Coast Guard took this incident seriously enough to officially write down witness testimonies. Right. Now, this didn't happen in U.S. waters. waters. Yeah. 
So, I mean, keep that in mind. But the it seems like the Coast Guard was like backing it up or at least adding a little bit of credibility to the story by acknowledging its existence. Yeah. And I also found a document that's available through the Freedom of Information Act written by the CIA. And it outlines this incident in 1959. So, I mean, the CIA recognized this incident as having happened or potentially happened. So what'd they say? They just. It was just like a. Reiterating. Yeah. Yeah. It was a document that it was a communication between people and they reiterated the story, essentially. However, remember, I told you this technically never happened and the ship technically never existed. Technically, there's no registry of the Orang Medan ever having existed, ever, by by the Dutch fleets or or anything. However, the Silver Star was a real, verifiable, actual merchant ship. Okay. But at the time, in 1947 and 1948, it was actually operating under a different name, the Santa Juana, and it was bought uh, later, shortly later, by a um, company that renamed it the Silver Star. I wonder if that contradiction is just because it took them four years to officially report the story. I don't know. 52? I'm not sure. It's kind of yeah. sus, though. God, I'm so it. good at the slangs. Oh my god! No one, no one plays Among Us either anymore. <laughs> you need, you need to move on. Sorry. Just go on, like, just go on Twitter more or something, and we'll get trending every day just to. <sighs> Connect with the youths. Anyways. Non-registration existence of the Orang Medan could be explained if the ship wasn't actually registered in the Netherlands. Sure, yeah. It could have been registered in Sumatra. Because at the time, Sumatra was a Dutch colony. And I mean, even the name of the ship, as I said at the beginning, is Indonesian. Orang Medan means the man from Medan. Okay. I'm, again, positive that it is not pronounced Orang Medan, but you know what? Wait, so it means Roll the man it. of... The man from Medan. So, is an orangutan the man of tan? Orangutan is not an Indonesian word, I don't think. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey everyone, Colleen here. Quick editor's note. As I was editing this episode, I got curious about the word orangutan, so I looked it up, and turns out it actually is a Malay word meaning man of the forest, or forest person. So, I guess Everett was right. (laughs) I I hate to admit it, but make of that what you will. Alright, now back to the story. This, the whole theory that this is a Sumatran ship hasn't been proven. And actually, the Dictionary of Disasters at Sea from 1824 to 1962 never mentions this ship at all. So, as of right now, it doesn't exist. It never has existed. It was never registered anywhere unless it was operating as an unregistered ship. And if that's the case, we can't prove it existed. I I bet that happens quite a bit, though, honestly. It could. just Yeah, just unregistered ships. Right. that, That fact, to me... The fact that you can't find it in a registry doesn't necessarily completely disprove the story. No. I mean, it, it makes it harder to prove, but it doesn't necessarily. 
easily disprove. Yeah, the- I just I just imagine there's a lot of benefits in not registering, even though it's I'm sure highly illegal. But I bet you can escape a lot of like taxing and tariffs and stuff like that if you're not registered and you're just selling on the black market. Mm-hmm. Well, and there's other reasons you might not want to be a registered ship as well that I will soon oh. be covering. Okay. So, was this whole story a hoax? Was it just an old fisherman's tale? Maybe. Could be. There's a German booklet that was written about it in 1954 by a man named Otto Mielke. Mielke. M-I-E-L-K-E. You took German. Mielke. Yeah, Mielke. With a lot of information about the Orangwadan's route, cargo, and captain. So this person had that information somehow from somewhere. Whether they were connected to the ship somehow, they had that information. And in fact, there's a German professor named Theodor Searsdorfer who has been researching this incident for the last 50 years. Like, fact by fact by fact. And he endorses this booklet as being potentially one of the most factual documents originally pertaining to the Orang Madan. Sure. So... If you're going to take the event as actually having happened, this document is more than likely a description of the Orang Madan. Okay. How can he be investigating this for 50 years later? Like, what what else could there possibly be? Well, I mean, you said it yourself. The time period, it was a very complex time period in history. Yeah. So if this, let's just take take it for granted, this happened. Let's say it happened. Mm Mm-hmm. Obviously, it was covered up by someone in that the ship wasn't registered. Nobody told the story until years later. I shouldn't say obviously it was covered up, but why would people not talk about something so insane? Yeah, it definitely seems like there was some hush hush going on. Right. Either that or they told the story and people were like, yeah, sure, Jan. I mean, like, it's very convenient that the ship would explode and sink before they could bring any evidence back. Yeah. Well, the booklet that I mentioned earlier states that the cargo hold actually contained potassium cyanide and nitroglycerin. Mm -hmm. This could potentially explain, at the time, why the boat's records were covered up. Because... They make nuclear weapons with this, right? um, I'm not sure. I mean, yes... Maybe not. Maybe I'm wrong. I mean, this was just after World War II. The knowledge that these materials, which, I mean, they were clearly going to be used for weapons of some kind. Yeah. The knowledge that these materials were being transported and distributed could have potentially caused, like, a panic or an anger Mm -hmm. in foreign governments. So pretending it never existed would likely be the easiest way around this. Right. So, and those ingredients would also account for the ship exploding. There's another theory, similar, that Shiro Ishii, a Japanese bacteriologist, developed Unit 731, which manufactured and experimented with biological weapons at the time during mm. World War II. Very Resident Evil. Yes. But, I mean, it's kind of got to be based off something. I guess, yeah. So the theory goes that Unit 731 was smuggled onto a random merchant vessel on a Dutch ship to just hide out. Seems like a bad idea. 
Right. But I mean, like, maybe they had to go from one place to another, and the best place to be would be an unassuming merchant ship. Yeah. A Dutch ship. Or Americans were smuggling these top secret experiments or, you know, top secret members of Unit 731 away from a defeated Japan in order to benefit the American military. But right. for the same reason, they used an unassuming Dutch merchant ship. Yeah. So that, you know, nobody would find out or attack them. So that would be another reason for the cover-up, and again, a potentially another reason for everyone's death, because if they were had, carrying some sort of bacteria or chemical experiment, uh, could have leaked in the cargo hold, could have killed everyone, you know, maybe the... F- the fear on their faces was caused by some sort of hallucinations. Yeah, or possibly. I was just trying to think, like, what could possibly make them all so afraid? But yeah, maybe they were hallucinating for mm-hmm. some reason. But if we are going to believe that this, the crew of the Silver Star boarded the ship with a search party, why were none of them reported to have been exposed to this material? Because it seems like from the way the bodies were positioned on the boat, they just dropped dead. Like, it it came without warning, and they... Yeah. I mean, they didn't... It wasn't, like, long, prolonged exposure to a deadly gas or bacteria. It just seemed like they were all dead. I, I assume if the bioweapon theory is the one to go with, if it did a leak or something, it was probably airborne, but for a short amount of time. So it probably contaminated everyone on board. You think it'd be gone within three hours, three to five hours? On the exterior of the ship, definitely. But it may be in those compartments and rooms. I don't know. Maybe not. Sure. And I mean, if these are experiments, we don't know the nature of whatever chemicals or bacteria they're referring to. Or it could have been in their food or something, too. Possibly leaked into the water supply or... Something along those lines, too. But I also think that would not cause such an immediate death with, like, no visual biological cause, like vomiting or right or anything. I mean, it could have been a bacteria or something that caused internal organ failure, too. Sure. And we only have external right. visuals of short from a short. Here's a theory, just very similar. What if it was purposefully leaked? If it was a bioweapon and someone was trying to test it in a control group. That is an interesting theory. And they just didn't get there fast enough to stop the person from sending the SOS. Well, or they wanted people to be wanted the people to be found and they escaped on like a dinghy or whatever those little boats are called. Interesting. I guess I never really thought of it as purpose, purposeful murder. I mean, MK Ultra was happening around the same time. That's too. a really good point. You can't trust anything any government does during the Cold War. Definitely no. not. Here's here's another interesting tidbit about the the lethal gas theory. Okay. There are three articles from a 1948 Dutch newspaper called the Locomotive Advertisement and Trade Paper. This paper outlines the lethal gas theory right out in 1948. So this story did get out a bit at contemporarily sure. at the time of it happening. It just was acknowledged by like a state Official, government. Yes. Not okay. yes. So the author of these articles insists that they have no personal knowledge of the Orang Madan. They weren't there. They didn't see anything. Mm-hmm. But they heard the story from an Italian man named Silvio Sherley. 
And that man was told the story by a missionary in Italy who heard it from the last surviving member of the Orang Medan. Okay, sure. <laughs> I thought they all died, but okay. Well, here's what here's the story. Apparently, when all of these poisonous gases started becoming evident, a lifeboat of seven people escaped and made it mm. to Toangi Island. So if someone was testing it on the ship, they could have been on that lifeboat. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe, because six of the passengers died before even reaching the island. So it was a it was a of the same manner like they died in the same manner or they just died from exposure or something that i'm not sure actually was not that was not mentioned okay but the lifeboats by the time they get to the island six of them are dead the seventh was a german man and he was taken to a hospital where he told this short brief story about poisonous gases and escaping to a catholic missionary and then died Hmm. So there's several issues with this story. Well, yeah, he said, she said. Right, other than the whole, like, telephone game. Researchers have found that there were Catholic missionaries on that island at that time. Okay. Not surprising. I mean, they were there's everywhere. Catholic missionaries everywhere. <laughs> yeah. But if bodies, even this, just the one body of that one German man had been found and recovered... Wouldn't they have been able to research and determine at least like a potential cause of death? Yeah, and do some testing. Yeah. Right. I mean, I don't know what this island is like, and especially now what it was like in 1948. Right. So, I mean, perhaps they didn't have the means to transport bodies in that way, or maybe they didn't have medical. Yeah, it could be a really, really small island with like no, you know, equipment or anything. Either. Right. Right, but I mean, even uh, I would assume that Catholic missionaries would have access to some sort of medical care. Then again, again, I don't know. Well, I, I'm sure they have medical care, but nothing for testing. No, but I mean, they have to have some way to like leave the island in case of emergency. Yeah, medical uh, emergency. I'm sure. Yeah. Either way, th- that's a question. Right. I mean, there. I would imagine there is at least some way to make a cursory examination of a body to determine at least potential causes of death. Unless the Japanese or American governments got to the people on the island and everything was hushed up. That's true. Because if you really wanted to keep it on the DL, you'd have to get rid of everybody. Yeah, burn them up. Mm -hmm. Or just take them for your own testing, too. Right. It's possible that maybe, like... I mean, yeah, someone from the CIA got in, took the bodies. We were Japan was being run by the United States at this point in 47 or 48. So they would definitely have a huge presence. in. well, this wasn't Japan. I mean, this is Southeast Asia in general. I mean, we were we as in the American government was controlling the entire area of water. Right. So it's very possible that the U.S. government came in and. Did some magic. Yeah. I suppose it could have been the Russian government, too, because, I mean, I'm sure they had a huge presence as well. But. Sure. I mean, even if the gases theory or the bacteria theory is true, there's nothing to say it had to have been the U.S. government or the Japanese government. Yeah, it could, could have, have been. been the Dutch government. <laughs> I mean, well, like, I'm, I'm, at this time, though, I assume it's either America or the USSR. It's yeah. I mean, the, one or the mo- other. most possibly. Yeah. So... 
that's one of the more interesting and probably more believable theories. Or even, it, maybe it wasn't even anything nefarious, and it was just like methane or some yeah. other natural gas. Or, yeah, or uh, carbon monoxide or something, too. Right, but in that case, that poses the same question I had before. If it was carbon monoxide or methane, it definitely still would have been on the ship, and this crew of the Silver Star would have been affected in some way. And they I also, mean, if they're going into the interior of the ship, into rooms and stuff, and they're yeah. not just staying on like the outer decks... Well, I actually, you know, at the same time, I don't know that, though, because you don't die instantly from carbon monoxide poisoning. You have to have a prolonged. Right. And usually if you're going to. And if you're not, opening doors, it's immediately venting out, too. Right. But, and what that would not in any way explain the horrified yeah, facial expressions, the open that. eyes. I think you kind of fall asleep and then die in your right. sleep. Usually when you hear about carbon monoxide poisoning, it's because people just didn't wake up. But these people are, like, in hallways on the bridge. They're not, like, in their beds. Right. So, to me, that explanation, while it's the most probable, like, in terms of possibility, like, methane or carbon monoxide, it doesn't seem likely given the state of the bodies. Right. Another popular theory, pirates. I I was thinking that, too, but... And that would maybe ex- explain the the shocked look on everyone's faces, but they're not going to be, you know, using bioweapons. Oh, right. So that's what I, that's what I have written down. That would explain why everyone looks scared. But I mean, there's no wounds. Right. I would imagine that, you know, if pirates are going to attack you, it would be with weapons and not gases. Right. So that would leave some there, sort of mark be, on the body. I mean, I'm sure, of course, in 1947 or 8, they're not using swords or anything. No, but, but a bullet gun- or yeah, a knife guns. would yeah. leave a, a mark. Those are the top theories, but I mean, honestly, you could speculate literally anything because none of these theories accounts for all of the weird shit on the boat. Like, the, the especially the, the frozen in fear looks. Even the dog. Right. Okay, so at this point in history, there was a lot of testing happening as well. Mm-hmm. Not only like medical possible bioweapons, but also just nuclear testing too. I assume this merchant vessel, the what was it, the Silver Star? You said mm-hmm. they didn't have a Geiger counter or anything. Yeah, I mean, my assumption is that it's just a run-of-the-mill right. vessel transferring some sort of good from. So country, I mean, maybe they all died due to like a nuclear like r- reason, like maybe they were radioactively poisoned. But sure. I feel like there would be a little more evidence of that if that were the case. Like, I think there's usually some sort of like expulsion of bodily fluids if you're dying of radiation poisoning. Yeah. And I don't know how long the search party was on the boat, right. but... If the radiation levels were high enough to instantly kill you like that, I imagine the bodies that they were around would have at least exposed them to amounts of radiation that I would think they would get kind of sick from. Yeah. I mean, that's my completely non-scientific guess, and I know nothing about radiation. I'm I'm just saying that's another possible theory. Unlikely, but it's, you know, it's something that was happening in this time period, too. Mm Mm-hmm. What do you lean towards? So, I there's okay. There's a couple things about this that unnerve me. Of I mean that I, about these theories that they just don't make sense. So the CIA and the U.S. Coast Guard mentioned this incident in official capacities. Sure, 
Like you can find it in the Freedom of Information Act documents online. If it wasn't officially recognized by these two government entities, it would just seem like a complete hoax, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like two. I mean, I I wouldn't say immediately like a hoax, but like it would be very unbelievable. I mean, it's very convenient that the ship explodes and sinks to the bottom of the ocean in unreachable location, leaving no evidence. Wait, so you say unreachable location? So there hasn't been any attempts at like diving? As far as I know, no. Interesting. Well, and I imagine, I mean, it's a very busy shipping area. I imagine it would be difficult to. um, Yeah. And if it is a busy shipping area. I'm not sure. Of the traffic has probably caused a lot of like. Corrosion of kinds. Well, and also just like lifting things from the bottom of the the ocean and Mm -hmm. just kind of carrying it elsewhere, too. Mm -hmm. And again, I know nothing about the Straits of Malacca, but I it's strange to me that a ship would be doing a big old giant explosion such that it flew out of the water before sinking and no other nearby ships would have seen evidence of that. It's possible that, you know, traffic could have been stopped for whatever reason too during this time. Right. And I don't know like the distances between ships. I mean, it clearly took several hours for the Silver Star to get to the Orang Medan in the yeah. first place. So I don't know. It's just... It's just without that official recognition, it would seem like a, you know. I don't think uh, we'd be talking about it. If there no, wasn't we wouldn't. Official... I think it would have been immediately written off as right. just a crazy I, story. I lean towards the, the bioweapon testing. I don't necessarily think someone was actively trying to test this crew, but it's possible they were transporting something that leaked and then caused them to die and then either that testing or something else that they were carrying in that cargo hold blew mm-hmm. up the ship. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, all of them have plausible parts to them. Yeah. Here's the thing. How, why would dozens of men all over several parts of a ship have the same facial expression and I, die at the same time. That's why I, I was leaning towards bioweapon because I, I don't think it's necessarily even an airborne illness because that would have probably affected the merchant crew that boarded the ship later. If yeah. it was only three to five hours later. Right. So it probably was something in their water supply or their food that would have affected all of them. And if they all ate, you know, at roughly the same time, they would have all died at roughly the same time. Yeah. True. And I mean, honestly, all the only evidence we have is from a cursory glance from right. a search party before it all got destroyed. What do you think about ghosts? Ghost ship. Ghosts would explain literally everything. <laughs> I mean, ghosts can explain anything. Exactly. Well, like, here's the thing. It would explain why the ship felt unnaturally cold. That's classic sure. ghost activity. Yeah, that's true. It would explain the horrified looks on their faces. Yep. I would be horrified if I saw a ghost. Um, it would explain them potentially trying to fight off an attacker. I mean, my first instinct would be to hit something away from me. Yeah, that'd be everyone's response, I think. It would explain deaths with no visible injury. Ghosts. Sure, sure. How did you die? Ghosts. Oh, okay. I mean, it would even explain the explosion. I mean, uh, ghosts. Ghosts can do whatever they want. They're ghosts. Do ghosts cause, do ghosts cause regular explosions I mean, when they haunt could have, houses? Ghosts could have, you know, activated some ga- gaseous materials. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. 
whatever. I sense that you're not into my ghost theory. Well, I'm, I'm just thinking at this time period, there are so many other things that are more likely. I mean, okay, but what about aliens? This is that time period. That's true. When, did, when did Roswell happen? 50s, I believe. Okay. I believe. Here's here's what here's what I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. Alien wise. Maybe there was some sort of like loud, booming, horrifying alien voice that came out of nowhere and then everyone died of a mysterious cause we wouldn't know because aliens, they're basically ghosts, but solid. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, we mentioned that the ship could have been carrying sensitive materials. This is like when the whole alien cover-up thing was just getting started. Maybe they were carrying an alien body. Maybe. I'm I'm just thinking, too, because I, I think this was before Roswell, and, like, there hasn't really been before that, as at least to my knowledge, like a major alien visitation story. Mm-hmm. So I'm putting myself in the shoes of an alien visitation, like being on a UFO vessel. Coming to Earth, do you think they're really going to want to go to like a big city or a settlement first? When Matt, they... you're going to get captive ocean bound audience. Wait, what? What'd you say? Are you you're you're going to want to to just like get a small shipping community? Well, yeah, that's what I was saying. So, like, if they see that there's ships on the water where there's not a whole lot of people, and they want to, you know reveal themselves to see their reaction mm-hmm. it would make sense to do something like that first anyways aliens that's my favorite explanation really? is it the it's most likely no is it the best one yes no it's not the best one <laughs> i like the resident evil theory which is like a secret mad scientist that's trying to poison the crew right anyways that's the story of the orang Madan. there's so many loose ends and convenient cover-ups and inconsistencies <laughs> it seems like a hoax but is it well it's officially recognized sort of yeah because it wasn't an i mean American they didn't come out with an announcement that said like this happened it's just mentioned in official documents right yeah because it, it wasn't there was no american involvement directly at least i mean we well the silver star was an american vessel well it was an american vessel yes oh okay. mm-hmm. i thought you said it was also a dutch vessel no no Anyways, anything's possible, and even if you want to be lame and disregard my alien theory. I mean, I do disregard the alien theory, but I don't, think it's, lame. I don't think it's lame to think that there was a crazy science experiment gone wrong. Right. I mean, a government cover-up cover is, especially at this time, not unheard of. And honestly, I just expect government cover-ups at all times at this point in my life. Sure. Yeah, I, I wonder if it if it was a bioweapon. What were they trying to do? What what do you think the main goal was? Like a super soldier type thing, or no? I mean, I I would to think find an easy way to kill a large group of people. Yeah, you know, like coronavirus. <laughs> ne- next, you're going to be calling it the the Chinese flu or no, whatever. That's just racist. Yeah, I. I don't know, anthrax. Like, people, I mean, thought that was a bioweapon when it was sent to people in the government. That's true. How do people die when they are exposed to anthrax? Anthrax is a bacteria. Is it? Yes. Okay. I thought it was just a chemical compound. No, it's a bacteria. And I think it's a fairly gruesome death. Again, I don't know. Well, I was just wondering if it was anthrax, like, could it have been? But if it's, like, gruesome, it probably wasn't for this crew. 
yeah, I'd have to Google it. Okay. <laughs> well, know. speaking of Googling, I found a very fun story that I wanted to share with you. Okay. So, three people in Southeast Alaska. Okay. Stories from a couple weeks ago. These group of three were going to their yurt. Nice. It was located about 20 miles northwest of Haines, Alaska. It's a group of three. It was a brother and sister and the brother, brother's girlfriend. Okay, so how old are these peeps? I don't know. I don't think it matters. All right, cool. <laughs> um, the, the woman went to the outhouse to do her business. Sure. Her brother heard screaming and went to investigate. Ugh, that could mean a lot of things. It was about 150 feet away from where he was, and by the time he got there, he saw his sister on the ground treating a wound. Do they go more in depth yes. on that? Okay. <laughs> I'm just setting it up. At first glance, he thought it was like maybe he was, or maybe she was bitten by a squirrel or something. Okay. Goes, goes into the outhouse with a headlamp to see what it was. Oh, God. That lifts can... the toilet oh, or the, the whatever you would call it in an outhouse. The lid. I opened the toilet seat and there's just a bear face just right there <laughs> at the level. <laughs> Level of the toilet seat, just looking right up back through the hole, right at me. Oh, my God. Can so I ask this, where this wound was? Was it an ass wound? Yes, it was. <laughs> it bit her right in the ass cheek. So oh this, this is the woman's quote. I got out there and sat on the toilet, and immediately something bit my butt right as I sat down. I jumped up and I screamed when it happened. <laughs> <laughs> so. Okay, so here's my thing about outhouses. I, I understand not wanting to look before you sit down, especially in like a public porta potty, but I always do. Have you ever used an outhouse? Like not a porta potty, an outhouse. Like where it's like a hole in the ground. Yes. No, I don't think I actually have. They are very, very dark. Okay. Even if you looked inside, you see. Would... I'm like picturing like porta potty. You can see all the shit like floating no, at the top. No, 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 no. Okay. Um. Unless they had a light in the outhouse, but honestly, most outhouses don't have lights anyway. So it was right. probably very dark, and she couldn't okay. See so there a bear was no. There. And it, it was a black bear as well, so it was black. Uh, so you're not going to see it. Okay. Um, well, I mean, this poor lady just trying to pee. So yeah, I mean, they they ran away after that happened. You know, it's a bear, um, and it attacked her already, so it's willing to attack. Um, they go out to investigate later, and it's gone. They don't know where it went. And then two days later, they did see a black bear roaming the same area. Oh, my God. Um, they tried to yell at it to scare it away, and it wouldn't go away. It just went on its business. So That's the thing about them bears. As soon as they're used to people. That's, isn't that insane, though? You're just going to the bathroom. I mean, you always hear stories about, like, snakes and scorpions in the desert and stuff doing yeah. that kind of thing. But a bear is yeah, in your that's toilet. Hor that's, like a, that's like an alligator. Yeah, an alligator in your sewer. That, that Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine anything worse uh, than a bear biting you in the ass when you're trying no. to take a either shit or pee. Though, to be fair, if a bear was about to be, if I was about to be shit on, I would retaliate, though. I don't think I would use my mouth. I wonder why it decided to go in there. Bears don't typically eat, like, And how do they scant. get in? I assume the only opening is the toilet. How big is this toilet seat I, opening? I don't know. It definitely happened though. Like there's there's pictures. Not, no, I'm not. Of, I not don't of the bear, but like there's pictures of the bear prints. Like stranger in the things have happened. Yeah. I just I'm glad we don't have an outhouse because we got bears. Yeah, we just got other 
fun things like mice and spiders and stuff. Yeah. So that was today's story. But if you wanted to share your own spooky tale with us, please send it to us. Yes. Or if you have an episode request, you want us to talk about a specific topic, you can also do that. You can send us a DM on any of the social medias. Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter are all at NerdSloth. HQ. And if you want to email us, it is podcast at nerdsloth.com. Just put a little spooky in the subject line so we know it's for us and not for one of our sister podcasts. And if you enjoy any of the sister podcasts on the Nerd Sloth Network or us, or us <laughs> head to our merch store. You can find the link at nerdsloth.com. Yeah, go to the store section. It's also on the pinned tweet on our Twitter if you want to check out the merch store. Yeah, there's some awesome stuff. We got mugs, we got shirts, we got sweatshirts. You get a throw pillow. You can get a tapestry if you want. I ordered myself a phone case. Just because I wanted a new phone case. And I thought, hey, might as well have the really cool Mothman and Nessie artwork that our friend Joseph did. Yeah, I just love that little pot-bellied Mothman. Which makes me happy. I wish we could make a plushie of that. Maybe someday. Someday, if y'all are interested, I would love one as well. Like a little beanbag belly. Yeah. Anyways, we hope you liked this episode. I thought this story was crazy. So crazy. Crazy. And I can't wait to share my spooky tale with y'all next week. Yeah. So we will catch you next week and we love you. Bye. Bye. Presented by NerdSloth, a place for lazy nerds. If you like what you heard, consider donating at patreon.com slash nerdsloth so we can continue bringing you quality shows. Be sure to also leave us a review and share your favorite episodes and clips on social media. If you're looking for more content, visit us at nerdsloth.com.